Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. I'm a pastor. It's not a problem to go to the hospital. Hey, I worked there for 30 years. I can just walk into a room, doesn't bother me too much at all. Not unless people are throwing up all over the room, then I'll probably join them or something. It's no problem. But I know where to go and get the stuff and clean it up, you know, whatever. And so understand where you're at tonight. You've heard me say this before, so it's so important. God never wastes anything in our life. And he uses it so we can use it to expand the kingdom of God. It must have been really bizarre for David to go to work for Saul. Here he was, the future king, working for the current king. If somehow Saul had found out that David was the one that God had chosen to replace him, well, David's life might have been over right then. But as a tribute to David's humility and quality of character, he served Saul as well as his father to the best of his ability. Pastor Mark will be teaching about how this attribute was seen consistently throughout David's life. Because David's heart sought to please God, he was able to please the men God had sent him to serve as well. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in 1 Samuel chapter 16 as he continues his series, The Life of David. Spiritual warfare is real. And by the way, you want to be on God's side, not the other side. Now, how do we explain what happened here? We really don't know totally. Other than, evidently, God allowed, and since he's sovereign, he can do whatever he wants, he allowed a demonic spirit to come and oppress Saul. Maybe as a punishment for turning away from God. Maybe to bring him back to God. Though God himself, we know in the scripture, does not do evil, sometimes he sends evil agents to accomplish his purposes. That's hard for us to understand. But you remember when Israel, as a nation went away from God, what happened? God sent the what? The Babylonians to take care of them, to bring them into what? 70 years of captivity. So God can use all kinds of things. What was happening with Pharaoh? I mean, all kinds of things are happening to the children of Israel. So God can do whatever. And we're not sure exactly exactly what happened, but there's some interesting things because medically today we have some kind of insights maybe to look into it, but we really don't know, but I'll just give you a couple of them. It seems like God permitted this depression. Dr. Rendell Short says this, the periods of intense gloom with occasional outbreaks of 
violence for no particular reason, the delusion that people were plotting against him, we'll see this over and over again, are unmistakable signs, Dr. Rendell Short says, of manic depressive insanity, some type of demonic oppressions. And any of you that understand manic depression, you understand that it's that amazing high and then this amazing low. Well, that could be it. Now, we're not saying tonight that anybody that's manic depressed, of course, has a demon or whatever. Sometimes it's just physical. But there are aspects of this that are all spiritual without really any physical means to it. It's interesting, Josephus, the great historian of Israel, he says this, as he studied this, as he looked at the wording, he says, for King Saul, it made him hard to breathe. So in other words, it just captured his whole body. Now, what is the application of that when we look at that personally? You need to understand this next statement. You don't need to write it down in this. This is new to you. If it is new, you want to write it down. Well, Pastor Mark, then that means I can be possessed by a demon now that I'm a believer? No, not at all. Notice, no Christ follower can be possessed by a demon. Can I be oppressed? Yes, I can. Yes, I can. But can I be possessed? No. When the Holy Spirit came into you, and by the way, if you're a Christian tonight, where does the Holy Spirit live? Hello? Right here. I heard it said like this. When the Holy Spirit comes to live in us, it's forever. And by the way, he doesn't rent rooms to Satan. I like it. That's not really, really theological, but it's perfect. It's perfect. So when the Holy Spirit comes to live in you, Satan has no part in us. Now, there was times in the past, and I remember in the 70s and the 80s when we came here, there was people that believed that. And there was Christians claiming, you know, well, I'm overweight because there's an, a, the demon came in me. No, the reason they were overweight is they didn't know how to do this. They didn't know how to do this, push against the table and get up when they've had enough to eat. So we make fun of it, but people were crazy in those days because they didn't understand this simple principle that no Christ follower can be possessed by a demon. Now, verse 15. Now Saul's attendants said to him, See, an evil spirit from God is tormenting you. Now let our Lord command his servants here to search for someone who can play the harp. Well, let me just stop right there. Wouldn't it have been a lot better for these attendants? I know this would have been risky to the king. But wouldn't it have been a lot better for these attendants to say to to Saul, maybe you should repent, God will forgive you. Because really, if that would have happened, we wouldn't have the need for all the rest of this. But they didn't. So they're going to try to find music to give what? Simply a temporary fix. You know, we're big time in the temporary fixes. But God wants to fix our heart. That's a long-term fix. So what happens? Let our Lord command his servants here to search for someone who can play the harp. He will play when the evil spirit from God comes upon you, and you will feel better. So instead of getting to the heart issue, they're going to bring the Tijuana brass in and solve the issue in his heart. So Saul said to his attendants, probably like when he's really feeling bad, find someone who plays well, he's at least that good, and bring him to me. And one of the, I think this is really interesting. One of the servants answered, I have seen a son of Jesse of Bethlehem who knows how to play the harp. He's a brave man. 
and a warrior. He speaks well and is a fine-looking man. And you want to underline this in your Bible. And the Lord is with him. Amazingly, God ordains for David in our passage in the next chapter as well as we go through, is you're moving back and forth between the shepherd's fields to the palace to the valley of Elah. He's just moving back and forth. But isn't it interesting that he already has a reputation and he's known for music and bravery and courage. Probably they're speaking of there, the victories over the bear and the lion, which he would speak about later. But the whole key was this, and the Lord is with him. Now, here's a really good study. You can go through the Bible and look at all the places. If you have any kind of a computer program, just put that little word in there. God was with him. And look at all the different places you'll find that. Now, I want to ask you a question. How do you know that God's with somebody? Remember? Godly character. No ganguzo. They're positive. They're what? They're upright. They're people of integrity. You love to be around them. All of those things. They're light in a dark place. Well, should we be known? Should people go, you know, you talked to me about the Lord, but I wasn't really open, but my marriage is falling apart now. And I can tell you're a godly person. Could I sit down and talk with you? Should that be a routine in our life? Should it? Yes, it should. It's not because I wear this big Calvary Chapel sticker or I got my baseball hat, Jesus loves you. It should be something in our character that we're known for men and women that walk with God. That's huge. See, that's a bright light to a world who will come to our door asking, how can you help me? How can you help me? Remember, Daniel had that a number of times. Well, there's somebody that can interpret dreams. Joseph, there's somebody that has God with them. That's what I want in my life. By the way, David and Jesus. Look at this verse, Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil. Why? Because God was with him. Same exact thing. And that's what I want in my life. Later, David would write this in Psalm 139. Oh, Lord, you've examined my heart, and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down or when I stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. God, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. I want you to write these down. You heard me already say them tonight. But these are three keys to our life as a Christian. God in us. God with us, and God for us. If God is not in you tonight, you're not a believer. Romans 8 says, 
can't call ourselves a believer if the Spirit of God doesn't reside in us. Not only that, God is not only in us, but he's with us every single day. Remember, we're working out our salvation. He's in us. He's working with us. He's providing that energy. He's providing the Spirit of God to help us. And then last, of course, Romans chapter 8, he's not against you tonight. He's for you. Circumstances might be against you. The world might be against you. People might be against you. The economy is against you. But God is for us tonight. And we can never go away from his presence. Well, verse 19, then Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, send me your son, David. Here he is again, who's with the sheep. So Jesse took a donkey loaded with bread, a skin of wine, and a young goat, and sent them with his son, David, to Saul. And David came to Saul and entered his service. Saul liked him very much. And David became one of his armor bearers. Now notice again, who was arranging all of these interesting situations for David? Who was arranging it? God totally arranging it. David wasn't out there, harp for rent, harp for rent, harp for rent. He wasn't promoting himself. Did Jesus promote himself? No, he did not. And I think that's a great thing. And I can just say this to you. As we're looking for pastors, as they're being raised up, that's one of the things I look for specifically. If a person's trying to promote themselves, there's already an area of pride that we're going to have to deal with. Now, we all have a little of that, all of us. But if that becomes something that's so, well, easily seen, that's going to cause a huge problem. David is hired by Saul because God ordained it. So he just willingly goes and he leaves the sheep. Now, actually, as we see over and over again, he's hired by Saul, but he's really working two jobs. He's a musician for King Saul, and he's still a shepherd. He's still a shepherd for his dad. So I wrote this down, and I thought it would be good for us to think about it. Learn and grow right where... God has you. I don't care what circumstance you're in. I don't care if you're 62, 83, 14, 17. Wherever God has you. Now, I don't hear David going to King Saul and going, Ganguzo. Man, I got to go to the kingdom. Then I got to go back to the field. Then I got to go back to the kingdom. I got to play my harp. Then I got to go back over here. Man, like I'm working overtime. Is there time and a half for this? See, we're into that environment. We're simply into that environment. One of the things you notice about David, he was always busy doing what God ordained for him to do. If you and I get to the place where the only thing we can do is spend time doing what we want to do, we all need a little bit of that. We all need a day off. We all need those kind of things. But if the driving force in your life is nothing but to please you and stuff from this world, then we missed it. We have 7 billion people, more than 2 billion, never heard the name Jesus. And I cannot just be about my business. You remember Jesus one day simply said this, I must be about my father's business. That's what David's doing. Wherever God calls him, he goes. His dad is still over him. He takes care of the sheep. The king calls, he goes to the king. 
That's what you need to be doing. That's what I need to be doing. Make sure that we're doing things that outlast our life here because it's very short. Enjoy a day off. Enjoy your recreation, all of us, whatever. But we need to be doing things for the kingdom of God. Now, on-the-job training is very interesting. God is going to use every part. I love this. Every part of David's life. Oh, he's going to use the shepherding part a lot. Because, really, Moses had the same kind of training, you remember? 40 years taking care of sheep. And later, he'd take care of millions of Jewish people as he led them to the promised land. David's going to understand this very well. But he doesn't have any idea where God's going to use him. He just knows that wherever God orchestrates it, as the, as the scripture says, our steps are ordered by the Lord. He just, he just walks into it. Now think about where he is. He's going to be in the palace. Amazing training. Now he knows he's going to be king. King Saul doesn't know he's going to be king. If King Saul knew he was going to be king, David's dead. So God doesn't allow that to happen. But David knows it, so he's in training. And as he's there, God says, well, you're not ready yet. In fact, 25 years before he'll be ready. So he's doing what? He's learning and growing right where God has him. Not grumbling about it, but learning. Patience, the big one. I was thinking as I was studying for this teaching tonight, I started as a kind of helping in the youth we used to have a Christ ambassadors in the old AG church. And I used to help in the youth teach. And then I went out to college. And I ended up teaching a Bible study at InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. First time I was exposed to all kinds of denominations. Then, of course, first time they were exposed to me. It was exciting. I was learning a lot. And then basically I taught Sunday school. And then later on, I would teach a larger group. And then later on, I would fill in for the pastor when he was gone. And I was thinking about all that. And then for about 30 years, God had me in pharmacy. And I had managing all kinds of people and millions of dollars and all that kind of stuff. And so when we started the church, every part of that God used initially. The finances, the people, the managing, the patients, all different denominations. I mean, I'm a pastor. It's not a problem to go to the hospital. Hey, I've worked there for 30 years. I can just walk into a room. Doesn't bother me too much at all. Not unless people are throwing up all over the room, then I'll probably join them or something. It's no problem. But I know where to go and get the stuff and clean it up, you know, whatever. And so understand where you're at tonight. You've heard me say this before, so it's so important. God never wastes anything in our life. And he uses it. So we can use it to expand the kingdom of God. Now, later on, you're going to read something in 1 Samuel 17, 15. It says this, David went back and forth so he could help his father with the sheep of Bethlehem. So he is all over the place, just following God's instructions. So what does he have? The king calls him. What does he do? He comes and serves. His father says, come take care of the sheep. He comes and takes care of the sheep. His father, in a few moments here, will say, go to the battlefield. Take some goodies to your brothers. He goes there. Here's what I want you to write tonight. David had a servant attitude. That's the same attitude that every single Christ follower needs. 
Now, where do we see that in the life of Jesus? Let me read to you. Philippians chapter 2. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. That's another one of those wonderful comparisons. David was actually a king, but he put it all aside and served his dad as a shepherd, obedient to whatever his dad wanted. When the king called him, he went. He served. It's a beautiful picture. Now, look at verse 22. Then Saul sent word to Jesse, saying, Allow David to remain in my service, for I am pleased with him. The next thing I want you to write is this, because it goes perfectly along with servant. Make sure that you are known for a person that's faithful in the little things. That's what Jesus was. That's what you and I want to be. Just a little thing. A lot of people never know. They never see any of that. You're not doing it for people. You're doing it for God. So just be faithful, a person of integrity, just in the little things, being obedient to God. Look at verse 23. Now, whenever the spirit from God came upon Saul, that evil spirit that he allowed to come, David would take his harp or lyre, lyre and play. Then relief would come to Saul. And he would feel better, and the evil spirit would leave him. Now, this was not new in the ancient world. A lot of ancients believed that music had this amazing influence in the spiritual realm. And uh, technically, that isn't a harp. That's a lyre, this instrument with a flat-sounding box and two curved arms and so forth. That was really what David became well-known with. By the way, they found these in Megiddo. When you go to Israel, they found these there. So it was something that was interesting. Now think about this. Somehow, music was directed by God through David to bring peace and ward off the evil spirit. It's still the same tonight. Music can either take you toward God or music can take you away from God. Did you know that? And so it can take us to God. And away from God. Of course, David wrote many, many songs and was actually known as the sweet psalmist of Israel. And uh, he was also credited for kind of creating and establishing these temple musicians. He loved music. Let me read you Chronicles. The trumpeters and the singers performed together in unison to praise and give thanks to the Lord. Accompanied by trumpets and cymbals and other instruments, they raised their voices and praised the Lord with these words. He is good. His faithful love endures forever. At that moment, a thick cloud filled the temple, and the priests could not continue their service because of the cloud, for the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple of God. Today, Pastor Mark kept contrasting the outcomes of Saul and David, focusing on the role of the Holy Spirit in David's life, seeing the effect the loss of God's Spirit had on King Saul should serve as a warning not to go down the road of self-delusion. On the other hand, David's faithfulness and humility are patterns every Christ follower should seek to emulate. 
We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, we'll be wrapping up this part of the teaching, The Life of David. Pastor Mark will keep illustrating the importance of having a servant's attitude, as well as being reliable, carrying out whatever task you've been given to do. He will also touch on the spiritual aspect of the two men's lives, showing the destruction coming into Saul's life versus the blessings on David's life. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Let us hear your lessons.